Good morning. We're going to watch a quick advert. What you have just watched is actually a 60-second commercial produced by the Church of England. The only words are the words of the Lord's Prayer, said by children and bereaved, people at work, and so on. It's a beautiful film. The ad is to promote a new website, Just Pray UK. The plan was and is to show the film before Christmas at screenings of the new Star Wars movie to help everyone to think about prayer and to pray. What could be more simple? However, the distributors have decided that the Lord's Prayer is unsuitable for screening and have banned it from cinemas. They believe it carries the risk of upsetting or offending audiences. This has caused much indignation from the press, fury from the bishop, debates about free speech, a possible challenge in the courts, and naturally a storm on social media. But wait just a moment. Suppose the cinema chains have got this right. I disagree with their decision, and I disagree with the reasons they have given, and I hope it's reversed. I don't believe the film will offend or upset audiences in the way they mean, and I don't believe it creates a new precedent. But from the point of view of global corporations and consumer culture, from the perspective of the gods and spirits of this age, there are very good reasons indeed to ban the Lord's Prayer. To ban it from cinemas, from our culture, and from public life. This is a prayer said by billions of people every day, in every language. In every single moment in time, someone is praying these words. They are the first words we pray as children, and they are often the last words we pray at the moment of death. The Lord's Prayer is powerful for a reason. These words shape lives and families and communities and whole societies. There are real reasons why the demigods of consumer culture would want to have the Lord's Prayer banned. Based on a sermon given by Bishop Stephen Croft of Sheffield, here are seven, one for every line. First, this prayer gives those who pray it an identity and a place in the world represented by a counterculture community. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It opposes the myth that we are random specks of matter floating through space and time. It opposes the myth that our lives do not matter. It opposes the myth of fragmented humanity. We are created and loved and called into friendship with God, who is our Father, and into community with our fellow human beings, who are therefore our sisters and brothers. Isn't it amazing? God needs me to talk to him. God listens to me. Prayer is the most important part of our relationship with God. If I live in my house and never speak to my family, how do we build a relationship? 
Only someone who has found this new identity can stand against the advertising culture which night and day seduces us to define who we are by what we spend. Second, this prayer gives us the courage to live in an imperfect world. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The world is not as it was meant to be. It is distorted from its true purpose. But God is at work to redeem and transform this world to establish his kingdom. The Lord's Prayer invites us not to retreat from the world in fear and pain, to anesthetize or indulge ourselves. The Lord's Prayer, on the other hand, invites us to join the struggle to see justice and peace prevail. God's kingdom is founded on love, justice, and peace. The prophet Micah says, What does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. What might that look like? There was an elderly woman with dementia who couldn't remember any of her family. Yet her husband would spend time with her every day for hours, just sitting, holding her hand, talking to her, sometimes feeding her, just being a companion. In a very quiet and undramatic way, this is a picture of God's love. It is completely unconditional. It doesn't ask for anything in return. It is generous. It is open. Love is utterly essential to the way we live our lives. It's not a fluffy, flaffy kind of emotion. It's about the commitment of the well-being of those we love. That they should flourish, a real sensual pleasure when we see someone better because we love them in action and in words. It's that inner sense of deep pleasure when we see love having an impact, when we see the concreteness the hard-edgedness, the tangibility of love, that is wonderful. But be warned, prayer is a dangerous thing. Don't ever pray for peace in the world if you are not prepared to be a peacemaker. Don't pray for the hungry if you're not prepared to do something about it yourself. The hard thing about prayer is that God is calling us to be the answer to our own prayers because we are the ones that he is changing to bring about his purpose here on earth. Third, and the most powerful, the Lord's Prayer teaches us to live with just enough. This is the most dangerous reason why it can't be shown in the adverts at the cinema. It teaches us not to want more. It teaches contentment the most subversive virtue of them all. Give us this day our daily bread. This is not a prayer for more. This is a prayer only for what we need. Every other advert in the cinema is there to encourage us to spend money in pursuit of happiness. But give us this day our daily bread restrains our greed. Think of it this way. This week, when you go to the supermarket you're only allowed to pick up what you would need to survive. What would you put in your basket? Bread? Better still, flour and yeast to make bread? 
some fruit perhaps, a bit of meat, and I suppose some chocolate. (laughs) And another thing to do to help restrain your greed, ask the Lord for the strength to share what you do have. The last thing the gods of consumerism want us to do is to restrain our greed. Before you, ask, before you buy anything, ask yourself, do I really need this? Fourth, the Lord's Prayer teaches me to live with my imperfections and the imperfections of others. It teaches us to live with our own vulnerabilities. God gives us a way to deal with the rubbish in our lives. Forgive us our sins. Consumer culture holds before us the image of perfection. We cannot be happy until we look like this person, live like that one. Each image is a lie. The Lord's Prayer encourages us daily to acknowledge our human imperfections and sin. The Lord's Prayer offers a pathway to forgiveness daily. The way of forgiveness cannot be bought. It is a gift, grace, and grace subverts the whole culture of advertising. It's critical that we understand the issue of being forgiven and how often one is forgiven. It's a long time since I've been forgiven, probably about half an hour. And I expect it will be another 10 minutes before I have to be forgiven again. The thing is, life should be packed full of forgiveness if one is really honest about it. I blunder through life saying the wrong things, doing the wrong things, being grumpy, being short with people, not giving people enough time, getting my priorities wrong. Probably, I would hope, not much better or worse than anyone else. So there's a general level of forgiveness that is essential between us all, every one of us. In a good community particularly the church, and remember the church is made up of sinners rather than saints, and when you stick a whole lot of sinners together, what do you get? A whole lot of sin. So if the church is going to work, you need a whole lot of forgiveness. Underpinning forgiveness is one of the great aspects of my own spiritual life. It's knowing that no matter what I do, how bad I am, how far I've gone wrong, I can turn to God for forgiveness at any time. And he doesn't say, fix it, then I'll forgive you. He comes alongside us and says, come, let me help you. Let me help you get this sorted out. The Lord's Prayer encourages us to embrace our own imperfections, our own vulnerabilities. Consumerism encourages us to be someone that we're not. Fifth, the Lord's Prayer offers a way of reconciliation. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We are not meant to feud or live in hostility or rivalry. We are meant to forgive and be forgiven, to be reconciled with each other. That reconciliation happens without expensive presence, without going into debt, without credit, People are not made happy by more things. That's just another consumer lie. What does the greatest happiness come from? It comes from relationships 
And the key to great relationships is reconciliation and forgiveness. Sixth, the Lord's Prayer builds resilience in the human spirit. When you say this prayer each day, you are preparing for the bad days. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When we say this prayer, we remind ourselves that we are not living in a Disney fairy tale, a saccharine creation of filmmakers where every story has a happy ending. We are living in a real world of cancer and violence and difficulty, where we are tested, where bad things happen for no clear reason. We live in that world confident in God's love and goodness and help, even in the midst of the most challenging moments of our lives. Faith is for the deep valleys as much as the green pastures. We may not have the answers, but we know that God dwells with us and in us. And seventh, the Lord's Prayer tells us how the story ends, how this life is to be lived and lived well. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The, pr- the prayer returns as it begins to the praise and glory of the living God. Our hearts return to their origin and source, the one who created us. Life is to be lived to God's praise and glory, not to satisfy our own small needs. We are, being, we are beings with a higher calling and a greater purpose. There are only 63 words to the Lord's Prayer. It takes less than a minute to say. Yet these words shape our, our, sorry, yet these words shape our identity, give purpose to our lives, check our greed, remind us of our imperfections, offer a way of reconciliation. They build resilience in our spirit and call us to live to the glory of our Creator. No wonder they have been banned in the boardrooms of consumer culture. Having said all that, how do we say this prayer daily, even several times a day, without it becoming something meaningless? Our Father, who art in heaven. Yes? Don't interrupt me. I'm praying. Hmm? But you called me. Called you? No, I didn't call you. I'm praying. Our Father, who art in heaven. There, you did it again. Did what? Called me. You said, Our Father who art in heaven. Well, here I am. What's on your mind? But I didn't mean anything by it. I was, you know, just saying my prayers for the day. I always say the Lord's Prayer. It makes me feel good. Kind of like fulfilling a duty. Well, all right then. Go on. Okay. Hallowed be thy name. Hold it, hold it. What do you mean by that? By what? By hallowed be thy name. It means, it means, good grief, I don't know what it means. How in the world should I know? It's just part of the prayer. By the way, what does it mean? It means honored, holy, wonderful. Hey, that makes sense. I never thought about what hallowed meant before. Thank you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really mean that? Sure, why not? Well then, 
What are you doing about it? Doing? Why, nothing, I guess. I just think it would be kind of neat if you got control, you know, of everything down here like you have up there. We're kind of in a mess down here, you know. Yes, yes, I know. But have I got control of you? Well, I go to church. That's not what I asked you. What about your bad temper? You've really got a problem there, you know. And then there's the way you spend your money, all on yourself. And what about the kinds of books you read? Now, hold on just a minute. Stop picking on me. I'm just as good as most people in the church. Excuse me. I thought you were praying for my will to be done. If this is to happen, it will have to start with the ones who are praying for it. Like you, for example. Oh, all right. I guess I do have some some hang-ups. Now that you mention it, I could probably name some others. Mm, So could I. I haven't thought about it very much until now, but I really would like to cut out some of those things. I would like to, you know, be really free. Good, good. Now we're getting somewhere. We'll work together, you and me. I'm proud of you. Look, Lord, if you don't mind, I need to finish up here. This is taking a lot longer than it usually does. Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, there you go. You need to cut out the bread. You're overweight as it is. Hey, hey, wait a minute. What is this? Yeah, I'm doing my religious duty and all of a sudden you break in and remind me of all my hang-ups. Right, praying is a dangerous thing. You just might get what you ask for. Remember, you called me and here I am. It's too late to stop now. Keep praying. Well, go on. I'm I'm scared too. Scared? Scared of what? I know what you'll say. Try me. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Yes. What about Anne? See? I knew it. I knew you would bring her up. She's told lies about me, spread stories. She never paid the money back that she owes me. I've sworn to get even with her. But what about your prayer? I, I, I didn't mean it. Well, at least you're honest. But it's quite a load carrying around all that bitterness and resentment, isn't it? Yes, I know. But I'll feel better as soon as I get even with her. Boy, have I got some plans for her. She'll wish she's never been born. No, I don't think you'll feel any better. You'll feel worse, in fact. Revenge isn't sweet. You know how unhappy you are? Uh, how unhappy you are? Well, I can change that. You can? How? Forgive, Anne. Then I'll forgive you. And the hate and the sin will be Anne's problem, not yours. You will have settled the problem as far as you are concerned. Oh, you know, you're right. You always are. And more than I want revenge, I want to be right with you. All right. All right. I forgive her. There now. Wonderful. How do you feel? Well, not bad. Not bad at all. In fact, I feel pretty great. You know, I don't think I'll go to bed uptight tonight. I haven't been getting much rest, you know. Yep, I know. But you're not through with your prayer yet. Go on. Oh, all right. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Good, good. I'll do that. But don't put yourself in places where you can be tempted. 
What do you mean by that? You know what I mean. Yeah, I know. Okay, go ahead, finish your prayer now. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Do you know what would bring me glory? What would really make me happy? No, but I'd like to know. I, I want to please you now. I've really made a mess of things. I want to truly follow you. I can see now how great that would be. So tell me, how do I make you happy? You just did. I hope that's reminded you of how powerful this prayer is.